What do you think of this one? I like it. You are listening to King Pilled Chill Hop. Please do bob your head rhythmically with us as you gradually enter a trance state. <laughs> and once you're in this highly suggestible state, we're going to whisper sweet nothings into your ear and have you do all <laughs> sorts of degrading things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're revealing our long-term master plan. Yeah. Got to kind of puff up that nose a little bit there <laughs> that's actually that's too good that's too good back it off a little <laughs> oh, a little too a little, on the nose a little too on the nose yeah <laughs> uh what is up people whoever's listening whether you're listening live or whether you're on the recording later on we're glad you could join us glad you're here for another episode of King Pilled. Honestly, I could just like sit here and just kind of groove out to this. That's what we should do for the next hour. Yeah. Have it be like spend an hour of like pre-show intro. Like when are they actually going to get to the content? No, bro. This, this is, is the content. content. Chill. Yeah. Chill stream. This is what you need in your life. You need a little cozy trill stream cozy. action on saturday night yeah you could be out drinking you could be out smoking you could be out gooning but instead here you are here you are leaning into this parasocial relationship you have with us <laughs> yeah and instead of being out there talking to real people you know touching grass <laughs> as the kids say <laughs> we're, we're now going to proceed to tell you that you yeah. need to stop leaning into parasocial relationships and get out there and touch grass <laughs> well I meta really does like seem to be yeah right <laughs> meta does seem to be the uh, the name of the game these days I was a little bit late getting, getting live here because I was trying to say goodnight to my son and my son is a creature of habit he so he's still wearing diapers and he's just doesn't doesn't quite want to let go of them yet so he's so we put a diaper on him so he can go to the bathroom and when he decides he has to poop then he has one room in the house it's his playroom that we've set up there's one room in the house he goes in there and he closes the door and when he's in there pooping nobody is allowed to not allowed to disturb him you can't talk to him. You can't knock on the door. You can't come in. You definitely cannot come in. If you open the door and you try to come in, it is DEFCON 5. Just just immediate red alert. So I was like, well, I need to go up and do a show. And you're going to go to bed while I'm doing the show. So I'm going to come say goodnight to you. So I opened the door and he shrieked and just completely lost his shit. So came over and slammed, pushed the door, wouldn't let me walk in. I was like, all right, whatever. Good night. And I, I left went upstairs and as i was getting upstairs i heard him go daddy daddy good night daddy and i was like nah kid you fucked up you get you gotta wait now you just wait so i came upstairs and 
And I was like, all right, I need to go down to say goodnight to him. So I went back down. Well, he'd gone back inside. So he's back in his room in his little area there. I walk up to the door and oh my God, he's already gotten to work. You could smell it coming. Like I didn't even have to open the door, just standing next to the door. I could smell it. And uh, so I opened the door and he looked up at me all happy. And then he saw it was me. Apparently he was expecting my wife or something. He saw it was me. And he immediately, no, daddy, no, no, go. And I was like, <laughs> oh, don't look at me. <laughs> don't reveal my shame. So, so I just walked up to him and I went down. So I reached down to like, cause I'm going to like, I'm going to like hold his, his, his cheeks. I like hold his cheeks and kiss him on the forehead. Say goodnight to him. I put, I put my hands down. He starts wildly swinging at him and saying, no, no, don't pick me up. Don't pick me up. I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to pick you up. I'm trying to like be warm and affectionate with you. No. All right, whatever. So I, I just turned around and just left. <laughs> so at least someday when he's a uh, when he's going to his therapy appointment, he'll be he'll be able to say at least my dad came and tried to tried to interact with me. <laughs> I have got a I have got a three year old teenager. All right, let's dial down this here music. Even though it's really nice, it's time for us to get serious. Get real. We have a real serious topic to discuss today. As you can tell by the title, the title is a serious title. I don't remember what it was. I just remember it was really serious. Liberalism as the angel of death in a graveyard of ideologies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So this was a, uh, this was, this, this title was a joint effort. It's a, it's an absolute banger. This is a joint effort between Cooper and I today because so this, this afternoon, as we tend to do, we talked on the phone. We talked on the phone for like four hours. Um, and we were just kind of musing over a few different different thoughts and kind of stumbled upon, I think, what is a really interesting, I don't know if you call it like a framework or just a, a way of, of viewing and interpreting the world. Um, but... It was one of these that once we kind of started to unpack it, we were unpacking it more and more. And it was like, oh, wow, there's actually, there's really something here. Um, I think I just realized that the music is still going, but it's just muted. And that's probably why my browser is freaking out. Okay. Music is off. So, yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> trying to think of where, 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 where to pick this up. So we're talking, I guess the broad context here is the the state, you might say something like the state of the modern man on the internet. And more specifically drilling down into the demographic, kind of the like 20 to 35 demographic, somewhere in there, which is young men who have kind of grown up in a world of, of total meaninglessness just the everything's falling apart around them um actually no cooper you really you really identify with this demographic very much the type of guy that we're we're speaking to here and i i kind of do but i my experience has been a little different so i sort of understand it but i don't i don't experience it as much as or in the same way as you do so why don't you describe the 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 type of guy that we're with the stuff that we're going to talk about as we continue through the episode here that the type of guy who we're talking to or at least talking about well, terminally online, that's one characteristic generally. Not always, but online more than they should be. Um, disconnected from any like meat space communities. 
the they don't have a tribe they don't have a family they don't have a wife they don't have kids they don't really have any meaning or purpose they don't have they don't have a whole lot of hope kind of jaded and cynical and yeah that about that kind of guy mhm they may have like a um like the, so they have like little communities that they're a part of online that they've joined up with they might have discord servers or uh a particular like i was going to say x twitter but like blank twitter so you've got all the different little sort of pseudo communities on Twitter of people who all like to talk about the same thing and they all follow each other and all interact with each other regularly. But it's kind of, it's a very depersonalized atomized kind of interaction. Ultimately it kind of, you can have a lot of activity and a lot of energy and stuff around it, but at the end, at the end of the day, it kind of ends up being a little hollow or maybe even a lot hollow. So you can think of like the guy who, you know, he might, he might have some uh, uh, really active persona on a social media platform, whether it's his Discord server that he's got all of his buddies in or whatever else. But inside, he's really miserable. He just is lonely. He doesn't feel like he's doing anything. He might have a decent job. He might make decent money. He might work at a gas station and be barely making ends meet. Might have a criminal history. Might not. Might have a degree. Might not. But it's kind of like all of these things. You can be someone who has a degree and someone who doesn't have a degree, and you can feel the same way. You can be someone with a criminal history and someone without a criminal history, and you can feel the same way. So it's like all these things that, like, ostensibly everyone is supposed to supposed to grow up and get a degree. And if you get the degree, then that's going to be the magic pill that solves everything, and you're going to be successful and can live the American dream. But you've got people who got a degree, and they're in the exact same boat as the person who didn't. And maybe they have... 50 to 250 grand worth of debt that that other person doesn't have, but they both feel the same way. Meaningless, pointless, kind of like they're just sort of sleepwalking through life. They don't have a purpose. On the flip side, you've got like the guys who maybe it's you, you grow up and you're like, Oh, you should never have a criminal record. You don't go to jail. Don't get yourself a criminal record. Don't, don't do things that tank your credit. Don't do all these things. So then you have the person that does that. They they make sure they keep their nose clean. They stay out of jail. They, they, they've got good credit. They pay all their bills on time. They've got a stable job. And yet, psychologically, they don't feel any different than the deadbeat who got into drugs and got arrested and spent time in jail and um, has had cars repossessed and whatever. They feel equally despondent, yeah. despair. Despondent. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. So there's this big, all of these, this is, this isn't something that's restricted to just men. We'll get kind of into that a little bit more later, I think, but it is definitely something that is characteristic of a lot of men today. So then I think that it's characteristic of the generation as a whole, but the way that that, like the lashing out in response to that manifests differently. Yeah, 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 right. So with the with these guys, they they wind up in little little communities. All of them kind of wind up segmenting themselves off into um, you have the incels, you have the MGTOWs, you have the red pill guys, 
you have NRX, you have libertarian, you have anarchist, you have all of these different little sort of pseudo communities that have formed around some sort of common identity. But pseudo identity, a pseudo identity. Yeah. So then you get this phenomenon where you have these people who ostensibly have lots of friends, lots of connections, lots of, lots of social interaction, but it's all parasocial. It's not, it's not real interaction. It's not meaningful, substantive interaction. And sometimes you can get a lot of activity around these different things. And it can really feel like you're going somewhere, really feel like you're doing something. But you it zoom seems out. that as you zoom out and as time goes on, it's more and more becoming evident that all these different activities are just cope. Yep. Screaming into the void. Right. You've got the guys who are, um, they, they have their worldview, their ideology that says, um, we live in a gynocentric world and the whole system is rigged against us. And so the answer is to sterilize yourselves and jackhammer everything that moves that you can get your hands on. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of parodying their worldview a little bit, but that's kind of, that's where it winds up there. The only real praxis is kind of, is just mindless fucking and then talking to people about how bad the culture is and how much it's rigged against you. There's no actual substance to it. So this, this common point that brings people together, this source of ostensibly the source of community is actually an ideology. This is kind of what we were starting to uncover is that ideology is like a technique for artificially forming communities. In the absence of a community, you or in the presence of a community, if you have a community, you don't need an ideology. The only reason you form an ideology is so that you can create a community because you don't have one. Go ahead. I was just going to give an example of this being like, and, and to like further illustrate the point that this is cope. When you think of like libertarians is a good example. And I, picking on libertarians because you know that's kind that's of where we came from that's where right. we came from but they they're kind of utopia or utopian vision and i'm sure they would argue with this and you know i'm actually or whatever but is a sort of hyper individualized atomistic society and they make that their identity they identify with that ideology that no this is what i want i want a hyper individualized atomistic society when in reality that's what we have and it sucks and it's a way of coping with the fact that this is what we have and it's miserable when it sucks mm-hmm. and then you get that guy who is like i want to live in an atomized depersonalized society i want to be an atomized depersonalized individual and they begin getting what they want. And they're like, I don't like this. This is terrible. This is awful. But they don't look at the frame of view they're bringing to bear. 
They say, this is actually, this is someone else's problem. Somebody else caused this to me. And my problem isn't that I'm atomized and depersonalized. The problem is I'm not atomized and depersonalized enough. The state is forcing itself on me. I don't get to be individualized away from the state enough. Which, which isn't to say that the state forcing something on them is per se good. It's that their problem with it is the wrong thing. Yeah, the answer is not like, therefore, you know, like, oh. Every this... relationship should be voluntary. Yeah, or the, the answer isn't like, oh, the state is forcing this sort of unhealthy community on me. That's true, but the answer is not like, therefore, we just completely dispense with community or state or anything like that altogether. Right. Right. No, what you want is a healthy state and a healthy community and a state that fosters healthy community. Correct. Because so, so what this is getting at is this fundamental reality about human beings that there is no such thing as an individual. To have the, to be a person, for there to be a person presumes other persons. Because without, this is an example Cooper gave earlier, uh, where he and I were talking earlier. He said, if you're alone on a desert island, you don't have rights. It's incoherent to talk about your rights. In fact, it's incoherent to even talk about you as a you. If you're the only person that exists, there's no such thing as me or you. Because me and you each presume the other. Me is another way of saying not you. Right. Identity you is another way of saying relationships. Right. Right. So you as a human being are never an individual. There, there is no point at which you ever exist as an individual. In, a in the sense, yes, in a vacuum, in the sense that, that the liberal ideology wants to establish as fact. It just never happens. When you are born, you are born as a son or a daughter or a sister or a brother or a cousin or maybe an aunt or an uncle. You you are born as a um you are born into a relationship that defines you as something more than an individual. More than an atomized unit. So the, the fundamental unit of humanity is not the individual. The fundamental unit of humanity is the family. Father, mother, child. That's the fundamental unit. This is man was created as a man and a woman who then gave birth. And that formed the first fundamental unit of humanity. The family. So, how do we get into that? Um, we were talking about uh, young men, um, disenchanted. Um, okay, so the there's been a lot of different people who have been like we're not the first people to observe this this phenomenon of the the disaffected. Um, nihilist, hedonist, whatever, young man. It's been observed ad nauseum. 
a lot of different people have cropped up with ostensibly their message for those men. Like clearly it's a, it's a, um, it's a, a big market because a lot of high prominent people have tried to message to and target that market. Yes. It's real. It's yeah. Very real. It's real. And it's large. Yeah. And interestingly, almost everybody who really tries to target this market, um, winds up being, uh, becoming kind of a lightning rod. They sort of become a controversial, prominent character. Two of the most the people that come to mind most readily are Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate. Hmm. So Jordan Peterson had his message of clean your room. This message was great. It resonated with, it like profoundly resonated with tons of people. In fact, if you don't have the Jordan Peterson moment, you don't get the Jonathan Pajot moment, which means you don't get the Lord of Spirits moment. All of each of these moments led into the other. But what happened with Jordan Peterson is he came out with that message, but there was something missing from the message. And what that something was became evident retrospectively because of what happened to Jordan Peterson. Mm hmm. We could do a lot of shows on just where Jordan Peterson went wrong. Most prominently would be probably um, being addicted to drugs, which, I mean, hey, I'm not, I'm not judging the man. I'm just observing the consequences of it. There's being addicted to drugs. There's um, endorsing and promoting your daughter being like a sex symbol thought leader type in a really bizarre kind of weird. creepy, weird manner. Um, and then perhaps most prominently there's getting into bed with the purveyors of basically everything that he spends all, spend all of his time fighting against. Right. So you end up with this, you know, you got these group of guys that you're trying to message to who are black pilled and you kind of pull them out of their, uh, despondent Boys. stupor yeah and you go you take them on this sort of character arc wherein you end up like getting getting in bed with black pill manufacturers like you end the, the beginning of the story is like this call to action to all the black pillars and then you end the story just swimming in black pills like that's where you are you're at the factory <laughs> I guess maybe they were actually white pills, but that even adds to the irony because <laughs> they were yeah. white pills that he was swimming in. Yeah, bad joke. Um, yeah. Jordan Peterson started out as like one of the most inspirational figures ever and ultimately became one of the most depressing examples of nihilist self-destruction. And, and oddly enough, kind of a, fragile masculinity right actually and it's interesting you say that because um our our day job so to speak is the apple juice gave me the worst <laughs> sense of existential dread <laughs> the <laughs> so we do the fitness and nutrition we've been studying it for a really long time now and one of the things that 
we we both came originally from the perspective of like the the pro keto um pro uh carnivore sort of um uh, perspective we we're we both ate that way for long periods of time until we began learning what happens when you starve your body of glucose especially men especially men if you starve your body of glucose yeah he'll your body will start creating it but you're not going to like what happens as a consequence of your body having to try to bootstrap glucose production by shredding your muscle tissue and, and your organ tissue killing your testosterone levels right and you wonder why jordan peterson i don't think it's a coincidence that he goes on this uh he listens to his kardashian daughter and goes on this weird uh carnivore diet really strict one for a long period of time and at the end of that now he's crying about everything and like <laughs> one blink away from a like a, an emotional breakdown yeah because he's because probably he's, got the two probably... levels of like a hypogonadal 14 year old girl. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, you can see it happening in real time. You can see this is, if you're on a keto or carnivore diet now, like this is what you have to look forward to. Yep. Give it eight months. Uh huh. Cause you're, you're putting yourself into a starvation. Like, yeah, yeah. Your body can do this. It's, it's amazing the way that our bodies have been created so that when we're starving, we don't just die. Like we have a means of sustaining ourselves and prolonging until we die. But that doesn't mean that you want to like sign yourself up for that state. Like, you know, like, um, I mean, I think there's some legitimacy to hormesis, but I also don't think that you should like sit in your car with your, with your, like the exhaust pipe with like a hose to the exhaust pipe, like into the car and like take it up to the point where you pass out and then open the door real quick and do this all the, like, it's not going to be good for your brain. So this is kind of like the metabolic version of that. You're taking yourself up to the to the edge of starvation and your body's like, oh shit, we're starving. Okay, let's start shredding muscle tissue and organs and to not ensure only we that, don't die. If you're leaning in on lipolysis for energy production, the way that your body liberates fat to burn is by spiking cortisol. Right. So you're tanking your testosterone, you're spiking your cortisol, and you're just chronically swimming in stress. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no wonder you spiking, start crying all the time. Right, Spiking cortisol is correspondent with spikes in estrogen. So eating a ketogenic diet is eating an estrogenic diet, a pro-estrogenic diet. That's what Jordan Peterson did to himself. I mean, that was really kind of, of like the, the least of his worries. Yeah, there was many things that he did to himself, but that was that definitely contributed to it. Um, I just want to highlight a couple of the comments here. They've been great. Uh, Moldy Apple said, uh, not much different than children picking their favorite comic book characters and dressing up as them, except they aren't fighting crime. They're fighting maturation or purpose. There's a reference, I think, to the guys picking all these different internet communities to form parasocial relationships with. Um, that's a good analogy. Like they're they're sort of like, oh, I'm going to do the Batman ideology. Oh, no, I'm going to do the, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ideology. And it, it's kind of... It's yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Um, and then random username says, <laughs> I demand a virgin wife, goes around removing virgins from the supply and encouraging others to do the same. That's a yeah, in a sentence, that's a that's a good dist distillation of it. <clears throat> um, and then this is good too, Zach Putnam. Um, pedos and and hedos, so pedos and hedonists. That's good, 
That's that's for, catchy. I think he he said that with respect to the libertarians. Probably, yeah, yeah. We'll get back to the libertarians here in just a minute. Um, and Zach also said a solid floor with one missing plank is just a trip hazard. I like that. So real quick, Zach is uh, the guy who uh, joined me on Adam Patrick's show yesterday. We talked for three hours about all kinds of stuff. We, I mean, uh, Filioque, Essence Energy Distinction, uh, Reality being personal, a uh, whole bunch of, we covered a whole whole bunch of ground. Um, did it for three hours. It was a great conversation. Uh, Adam's already got it posted. So if you go to the Age of Information YouTube channel or you to watch the video or you can download it on your podcatcher, uh, you can go hear Zach and Adam and I having a great conversation. Um, all right. So uh, libertarians. So obviously both Cooper and I uh, came through this. Part of the reason why we recognize this phenomenon and we can we can talk about it and identify, pull it apart and look at all the different parts of it is because we've experienced it ourselves. We've come through these this as Cooper was describing it to me earlier, he said he he remembers when he first really got into the, the whole anarchist thing. And one of his big motivations was it gave him a sense of meaning and purpose to feel like in part, like feeling like he's smarter than everyone else. And, you know, you, you're like, well, I've got the answers to solve all of the world's problems. Yeah, I just need look to get me. enough people I've, to agree with me. I've got my little pet political theory that nobody else has. So maybe people will find me interesting and smart and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, it just it, you don't because a lot of young guys, and I'll include myself in this, are just kind of existing, floating. There's no community. I don't know my neighbors. You know, there's no like real sense of community or or family um, for my generation. So you don't because of that. You don't have a really robust a robust sense of identity. So as a sort of proxy or like a, like you were mentioning earlier, like a sort of technique to try to bootstrap that you latch onto ideology and make that your identity. Mm -hmm. So, so then an, an ideology is something as we were talking about an ideology like libertarianism is this sort of bootstrapping tool for trying to form a community. So if you don't have a community already, if you don't have a tribe that you exist within because if you exist within a tribe the the bare act of existing within it will give you an identity it will give you a mission it will give you a purpose you have when you are born as a child your responsibility your purpose is to develop into an adult so you start off as an infant and your purpose is to develop from an infant into a toddler and then as when you're a toddler your purpose is to develop from a toddler into a, I don't know, grade school or kindergarten or whatever. And then from there to like adolescent and then to teen and then to young adult and then to adult. And then from adult, the next step is to parenthood. From parenthood, the next step is to grandparenthood and then so on. So at whatever point you are in life, your relationships naturally give you an identity and having an identity is having a purpose. But if you don't have those relationships and to have them is not just like a, a biological reality, it's like an active reality in your life. So you, you may have siblings that you never talk to and never do anything with. You don't like go to birthday parties or you, you just don't have a relationship with them. Then it's as if you don't have siblings 
if you have parents, but you don't have a relationship with them, then it's as if you don't have parents. So when we Identity say without like relationship, these things just go hand in hand. Right, right. If you don't maintain so, that relationship, then you kind of lose that aspect of identity or right. that that part of your identity kind of gets defined in a negative sense. Right, right, right. So then if you if you're someone who literally has no family members whatsoever that, you know, then someone like that, well, like your purpose is, okay, I need to find a family. I need to create a family because I need to have a tribe. I need to have an identity. I don't have an identity without that. So I need to find that. If you're a man, then your responsibility is I need to create that because being proactively creative is, is a masculine duty to proactively create. If you don't have a family, you have to find one. You have to create one specifically. If you're a woman, then you need to find one. You're like, you need to be found by a family. If you're a man, you need to create a family. So what's up, slow boy? Um, so you, so an ideology like libertarianism then becomes a stand-in for an actual family. People go join with an ideology so that they can give themselves that sense of purpose that they don't otherwise have. They follow, they, they attach themselves onto something that they feel like is bigger than them. Cause that's what a family is. A family is the thing that you invest in. That's bigger than you where the, the outcome of the family is greater than the sum of its parts. But in a world where we've, we've lost our relationships, we've started trying to, to bootstrap them parasocially. This is something that like the, the presence of the internet kind of created this as even a, to even make this a possibility. This is kind of where the internet gives and it takes away. The internet is the thing that has created the, 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 the context or the, the, the circumstances for the dissolving of tribal bonds, but it's also the one that's given us a capacity for forming tribal bonds in other ways. But those tribal bonds have to be formed. You will have no meaning or no purpose without them. And I think you instinct, we instinctively know this. People instinctively know this. This is why they go chasing after ideologies, thinking that the ideology is going to provide them with that purpose that they're looking for. Because we all know the feeling of like when you get around a bunch of people and you all agree and you all have some kind of common goal and that you're working toward, that's great. You feel it. You can, you can almost tangibly feel the meaning in the air. There's something about it that makes us feel alive. But <clears throat> there's something wrong with all of these different parasocial communities. We, coming through the libertarian community, begin recognizing that. You're like, there's something about this that doesn't work. First, it starts off with just being kind of like, just kind of having little nagging questions or seeing certain problems that like, you, you know, the academic answer for the problem, but you're like something about that just isn't right. This isn't, this isn't grounded. This is all theoretical, but when you try to apply the theory, then things start going wrong. Right. Right. Everywhere that it starts to like touch down, 
and try to instantiate just produces zombies in death. Right. It can't incarnate. A good example of this I just read about today was, um, you know, there's the the kind of libertarian anarchist um, desire to decriminalize all drug use. And I was watching a short, I was watching like a YouTube short or something like that of some guys walking around. I think it's Vancouver, maybe up in Canada. Don't quote me on that. But one such city that uh, instituted such a policy. And it's just zombies. It's just like people passed out everywhere. Everything's disgusting and trashed. That's not... That's not better, you know, than no. going to jail or something. No, no, right. We were we we talked about this that like would you rather people libertarians will, you know, freak out, oh, jail is torture and it's awful and you can't do that to people, yada yada yada. And we're not saying no, actually the jails are great and fine and you know, there's nothing wrong with them. We're saying if you're comparing you have a person who is addicted to a drug and if you're going to say the only two options available to us are give him the drug for free or lock him up away from it, which, yeah, okay, obviously there's hair when he gets or give prisons, him whatever. Give him free reign for the drug to have the yeah. drug. Yeah, just give him the drug for free to do with whatever he wants or put him somewhere where it's hard to get. Then, yeah, let's put him somewhere where it's hard to get. Because maybe let's say worst case scenario, we, we put him in the prison and he gets raped or abused or beaten up or whatever. He's still alive. Whereas the alternative is he commits suicide. Even if you put him into prison and he gets killed in prison, that's better than him being on the street, killing himself. It would be better for his soul. If someone else killed him versus him killing himself. But like you, you aren't even equipped to make this sort of decision if your guiding principle is something abstract, non-incarnated, built on a negative proposition. Which is exactly what liberalism and all of its children are. Yeah. But, and by all of its children, I mean uh, uh, communism, fascism. Uh, classical liberalism, libertarianism, anarchism, um, uh, Petersonism, uh, Tateism, all of these different descendants of the liberal mind virus are all zombies. These aren't real. The communities formed around them are not real communities. They're zombie communities, zombie tribes. Because the organizing principle of that tribe is dead. It has no life. It has no person to it. It's just dead. This is why we titled it Liberalism as the Angel of Death. Because everywhere liberalism goes, because it is a... It's like, an, it's like it's, it's a dead philosophy... Everywhere it goes, it takes with it death and destruction. It just leaves bodies in its wake. And if it's not leaving bodies, then it's... You know, there's... You could argue what is worse. What is worse? That, like, there's actual dead bodies or, you know... 
breakdown of the family, breakdown mm-hmm. of the tribe, identity, relationship, hope, meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- I didn't think about this when we made the title, but the graveyard is is actually I was thinking of the graveyard as the dead ideologies, but you could also think of the graveyard as each of these meaningful things that has been corrupted by ideology that has been turned into an ideology, like an ideology of the family rather than just having families having. So the, the graveyard is what, what are the things you just listed off family community, um, you know, neighbor relationships, meaning, purpose, truth, culture, customs, tradition. All of these things are liberalism, like invaded them, hollowed them out and left them withering as a husk. And you wonder why Zoomers are so schizo. It's because they're wandering around in this graveyard looking for community and meaning and all of these things. And they're just, you know, the only thing they know that brings those things in some sort of way is ideology because ideology kind of like we said is that technique or that tool that kind of creates this sort of para pseudo community um that's why they're all over the place because it's like they're just picking up the bones of this one here and this one here and they know it doesn't really mean anything because it's dead and they see it's rotting but i don't know maybe there's something there that's interesting or maybe i can kind of take this on to figure out who i am mm-hmm because like part of and part of the ad that's kind of, of like the... a phase that the zoomers go through and then you know once they've gone through their political phase you just see they don't they just don't care about anything uh-huh they're like post ideology mm-hmm the term i used earlier was they're they're like um ideologically a la carte yeah because they've they've watched through the reality of the internet is that it's been very much a um it's a it's a revelation it's a tool of revelation it's a an apocalyptic tool because it shows just how random and arbitrary ideologies are that ideologies are artificial incarnations that are propped up around arbitrary principles and they can be whipped up arbitrarily have a whole bunch of people glom onto them and then wither away really quickly and easily. You've been able to see this happen in real time really quickly through the internet because of the way the internet is like a force multiplier on human interaction. Before it might've taken, you know, you a lot of the, honestly, a lot of the like Protestant offshoot little cultic things that have, they sprouted up, you know, in like 1900 or something and they've persisted to this day. If that exact same thing sprouted up a hundred years later, it probably wouldn't have lasted for a hundred years. Well, you see now in the age of the internet, a lot of these cultic things are just falling apart. Right. Yeah. They just, they spring up and then they fall right apart. So you've got this, the, the, the narrative in the culture, kind of the, the narrative voice that we all listen to is, has been for a long time, the voice of the boomers. The boomers have vastly overstayed their welcome. They've, they've, 
according to the pattern of previous generations, the boomers would have faded out of power like 20, 30 years ago. But they've held on and they've persisted. Look at look at like the president of universities in like the 1800s. Like a university president might be like 32. Be like a young guy. Like I could be a university president. Now, a university president is like 70. If he's in his 50s, he's a young whippersnapper who's like ahead of the curve. So there's this, the boomers have vastly overstayed their their stay relative to the other generations. They've basically eaten up the entire governing period of Gen X. The Gen Xers are basically kind of backlogging. They're piling up. This is part of the reason why um, there's the labor market and all these institutions are so becoming so inefficient because the boomers aren't dying off and allowing people to promote up behind them. So the only way to grow is to expand laterally. So you're getting this bloated, inefficient carcass forming up underneath them. Then you have the, the Zoomers. So the Zoomers come up listening to all this idealistic boomer prattle about the um, you know American dreams and patriotism and and GDP and and all like all the, the the stuff they rattle off, and they can watch in real time as all of this stuff is proven just transparently corrupt bullshit that has no bearing to reality. So the way for them essentially what they're doing is they're walking around this graveyard with all of these like skeleton scarecrows that are trying to pretend that they're real. And they're like, what? Like, how are you possibly, this is why they won't take anything seriously. How do you, how would you take this world seriously? How do you find something to invest in? How do you find meaning out of it? So they, they do the only thing that would really make sense in that scenario. They start pulling off, just grab a leg bone here and grab maybe a jawbone and maybe a, some hair that's left over. And let's stitch ourselves together, some retarded, gangly, goofy looking God, and be like, oh, look at this. We worship the God. Yeah, like, you guys, they're like, oh, your socialism. Oh, yeah, socialism. Or like, capitalism. Yay. Let's bow down to capitalism. This is like the meta ironic kind of nihilistic spirit of the Zoomers. And it's not their fault. This is the world they've been brought up in. They're just doing what they've been trained to. They're like, see, you trained me to worship capitalism. Look, this thing, see, his shirt says capitalism. He's got to be capitalism. Watch, I'm going to worship him. It's, they're, it's like a, a, a mockery, an expression of mockery for this fake bullshit Reality. system. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of dark. Yeah, uh, there. What was the analogy you used, Cooper? You said something about like, like, uh, like pissing in the Cheerios or something. That is pissing on the ashes. Oh yeah, pissing on the ashes. That's what it was. Yeah, that they're yeah this whatever the worshiping the god is is just pissing on the ashes of this dying society. So, so when we say that that Zoomers are ideological, Italy, ideologically a la carte, that's what we mean. They. It's like they've been conditioned that you have to have an ideology. So, all right, let's try this one. Let's try this one. 
put this one here. Okay, well, this it sucks when you mix these two things. So let's try a different thing. Put that in there. Maybe it doesn't suck as much. So they're they're kind of they're trying to bootstrap an ideology while also being post-ideological. They recognize the futility of bootstrapping an ideology, yet all they know how to do is bootstrap an ideology. So I guess just keep doing it until something changes. And keeping in mind that ideology is kind of like this proxy or this tool for like community. Mm -hmm. So that's what they want. They want to be plugged in and integrated and in relationship with meaning and a family and purpose. And they're just going to keep iterating and things are just going to get more and more absurd as they just keep iterating on spinning it. Well, what about this one? Let's spin up this community in this particular chat on this discord server underneath this guy's whatever feed. Mm -hmm. Oh, we've got a joke. We'll run with a joke for a little while and then we'll move on over here and maybe we'll find community over here. So the, Maybe a bit really good. They're really here. good at building really shallow communities. Is that? Yes. They're they just very had good. all the ingredients uh-huh. for making an actual robust tribe. Yes. So there was an example I gave Cooper earlier today. I was watching this. I was flipping through reels. I think it was YouTube shorts or something like that. And I came across this guy that I've seen in the past, but I stopped and watched a little more because I started picking up on this interesting dynamic. So the gut. I can't remember the guy, the name of the guy's channel. He's one of these acro people where they do, it's like, it's like, it's really bougie LA thing. They go like, they all take their, uh, uh, what do you call it? Their mats or their towels or whatever to a park. And then like one of them lays down on her, on their, his or her back. And then the other person climbs on top. And then you do all kinds of like acrobatic stuff and everything. So this guy is kind of just sort of an ordinary looking guy, but he, um, his he's it's, it's a brilliant model that he's put together. So he has hot chicks in like yoga pants and sports bras and stuff come. He puts their, their uh, Instagram handle in the description and then they come and they do acro with him. So he's sitting here. He's this guy sitting here with all of these hot chicks in, in like scantily clad hot chicks, just groping them essentially. His whole, he's just groping them constantly. And the comments are hilarious. It's it's one single meme has completely taken over his his comments. And I'm talking thousands of comments. It's the meme of uh, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, where he goes, he can't keep getting away with this. So clearly what happened is once a, at some point, some guy commented on his videos and said he can't keep getting away with this, like referring to him being able to just post videos on the internet of him groping chicks and just get away with it. And someone ran with the joke and then everybody started running with the joke. So it's, it's like, uh, it's become like a meme of a meme that's playing out in meme form. So then one of the videos is him wearing, uh, he's like, I got a GoPro on or whatever. So his camera is like right down here on his chest. So you're kind of getting his view of what he's looking at. And so you see like the chick's cleavage, you see right down her bra, you see like, you're seeing her just straight up in front of you. And so then all the guys are like, oh, he's doing us a solid now. Like he's, he's, what did, so what they say? He said now he's helping he's us like, get away with it. Yeah. What a king, what a king. He's now getting away with helping us get away with it. Um, and 
it was this was fascinating to me to watch the way that this has played out because it's like this emergent community that has formed in this guy's comment section. That's the only place that this exists. And I guarantee the vast majority of these people don't know each other, don't have any clue who it is, what the person, male, female, what they do, where they live, anything like that. They don't even have a direct relationship with him. He doesn't interact with any of the comments, but obviously he's aware of them. So he's it's like he's created this space that they've now come in and populated with this bizarre little parasocial community built around this one thing that they have in common, which is making jokes about being like incels, essentially. Like, oh, we can't, we don't get to touch women, so we get to follow this guy and we worship our leader and we touch women um, vicariously through him. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's entertaining to see, but but like to actually take it seriously. This is an example of, and these don't have to necessarily all be Zoomers like generationally, but they have that spirit. This is part of the Zoomer spirit is to make ironic jokes and then make a joke of the joke and make a joke of the joke of the joke and keep doing this and, and spring up, spontaneously spring up these little pseudo communities. But we, it's a pseudo community because it's not actually a real community. This community's not doing anything for anyone. It's a there's a place. This kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like ethereal or like uh, ephemeral. There's like this ephemeral location, which is the comment sections of this guy's posts. But like that's not actually a place. It's sort of a place, but it's not actually a place. It's not real. So they, they have this parasocial relationship with each other and this parasocial relationship with him, but they're not doing anything with it apart from entertaining themselves. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, I mean, in order to sustain something like this, you got to think through it like these guys probably have notifications on for his videos, or at least they go to his videos so often that they see them constantly so they can build up this joke. And they've... They've got to be like guys going in and commenting over and over and over again on this guy's video, sustaining this little community. So the, the white pill here is that these guys are really, really good at creating communities. They just don't yet know how to create communities that matter. And I think that's what the, the future of the... So eventually, I don't... I told Cooper this earlier and he found it kind of a depressing thought. Eventually, Zoomers are going to be forced to occupy the role of serious people in society. Just as a matter of like, just reality. The boomers are going to die off. Then Gen X is going to die off. Millennials are going to die off. And the Zoomers are going to be the people that have to be the serious people in society. What is that going to look like? I've got to kind of recapture my thoughts here for a minute. So what, what are you? Uh, Tubit says uh, Zoomers are hyper mimetic. I'm not sure Gerard would approve, but he'd be fascinated. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, the 
uh, random username says shows like the whatever podcast do the same thing. Half naked women get kicked and they agree to it in exchange for posting their IG or OnlyFans links. Yeah, it's the same. It, this is a really. It's it's a community, but it's not a tribe. Because there isn't. If we can make this differentiation, we can make this kind of arbitrary differentiation here for our purposes. The difference between a community and a tribe. A community you could think of as almost like a crowd. Like it's just it's just like a a, a collection of disconnected individuals. They have or something connected. Yeah, yeah. Sort of just kind of milling. Like there's a bunch of people who are in in uh, Times Square. Everyone's in Times Square. They're here to look up and see. Oh, cool, the billboards and everything. So like there's a thing that sort of combines them, but they don't really have any connection to each other. Or like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, Someone's yeah. robbing a bank and you're, you know, locked in the back room with all the other people. Yeah. 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 So you, you have, there's like this thing that, that, that unites you, but it doesn't bind you. In order for it to actually become a tribe, there has to be something real to it. That's not just, um, like passive commentary or just observational um you know entertainment it has to it has to enter into meat space it has to change what you do in meat space in a positive way zach said if morality pops up organically is the effective attack to spin up a voyeuristic hedo milkshake to disarm it <laughs> um Random says, oh, so then 2-Bit. Agreed, Random, but those shows have a shelf life that's quickly coming due. Yeah, coming due. <laughs> yeah, they are They are coming due. Because again, this is another thing. It's not real. It's not real. It has a shelf life. It's not going to last. They're not doing anything sustainable. They're capitalizing on uh, the ephemeral spirit of a temporary moment. And I think this that phenomenon is going to characterize the next anywhere between five and 20 years. We're, we're going to be going through a, a stage of a lot of instability, culturally, economically, we already are. But part of the reason for this is all of the uh, the mechanics for maintaining, for creating and maintaining stability have all been rooted in this vapid lib boomer worldview that's falling apart, just collapsing all around us. And the boomers can't be arsed to do anything with it because they're all they're trying to do is hold on to their wealth as long as possible and spend it in whatever ways they need to before they kick the bucket. As a generation, that's their spirit. So you've got this backlog of people coming up behind them who are going to be the new governing authorities when the boomers finally move on. But it's TBD what that's actually going to look like. Because the upcoming generations have different priorities and see the world differently than those who preceded them. So there's going to be a realignment the way that that realignment plays out, I think is what that's, what's really in question. But if you see it, if you recognize it, if you can see it coming and you can see the players, then I think that gives you the 
I guess the 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 data or whatever that you need to direct where you put your time, effort, and energy to ensure that you're in a better spot at the end of this period of instability than you were at the beginning of it. Uh, I think there's an interesting study to be made about what creates awe within a generation being a defining feature of that generation. Hmm. 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 Yeah, interesting. What creates awe within a generation? Hmm. Okay, I've been talking for a little while. Do you have any uh, any thoughts that have cropped up for you along the way? Mm. It's kind of keeping up here with the chat. I've been thinking about that, that uh, the thing that Tupit just said about awe. And I'm trying to think of like, okay, maybe I won't speak for my whole generation, but just speaking for myself, what produces awe in me? And I, I honestly can't think of anything, dude. Hmm. Hmm. Awe. Minder says being based AF creates awe in me. <laughs> yeah. That's us. We're based. Very based. Exceptionally based. The most based even. I think the subject of awe is interesting. There's a little little diversion and we'll kind of get back to just to, as a reminder, we're going to talk about uh the um, sort of like the, the the path forward and and how this ties how this affects men versus women the way that 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 uh, that's playing out in the culture right now because we've primarily talked about the, the the male side of it and it's not that women are immune to this in fact women are almost in a are actually in a worse spot than the men are even if the men um, might be feeling it more um, or even if the men are just the ones who are listening to us but I wanted to say, with awe, it's like, is awe a really simple emotional experience or is it a really complex emotional experience? Mm, I would err on the side of simple. Mm -hmm. I guess it could be both. Is it something that like... You kind of have the feel like when you when when you experience awe, it makes you feel like a child. Like as a mm. child, everything like is awesome to you. You know, you could walk out and see a dog, and that's awesome. Or you know, you're you know, it starts raining, and that's awesome. Or you splash in a puddle, and that's awesome. Like like awe is is very easily attainable for children, but it seems like as you get older, you become more jaded. And it's, it's like your, your awe threshold gets higher. I'm trying to think there's very few things that produce awe in me at this point in my life. I, I get like, uh, I, I don't know if I would call it all awe, but it's more like, a. I get like an experience that's kind of like 
nostalgia for a time when I would have felt awe about this thing. Mm. Like, sometime I'm saying like way too much. I'm a fucking Zoomer, dude. Um, we still love you. Like, looking up at being in the upper peninsula of Michigan in the Porcupine Mountains, and you're laying in the field at one of the roadside parks and there's a clearing in the trees and you look up and you see the night sky and the stars just like, wow. I remember as a kid that producing awe. I still like the feeling it produces now, but it's not awe. It's like a memory of the time it was awe. But it's not, it's not awe anymore. I already, I had the awe moment, you know? Aww. <laughs> Tubit says, I'm not making unknown. sense. It says, no, you are, you are. Um, he says, unknown potential is key to the feeling. I looked up awe, a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. Minder says, isn't it weird that awesome is some of, some of awe, but awful is full of awe. Well, it's funny. Awful used to be it used to have a positive connotation. So you would, you might stand before the awful throne of God. Um, something, something being awful was, um, was it like filled you with awe. So it actually had a positive connotation. And then somehow it's proceeded to like, yeah, like you say, some of awe. Now you, and something's awesome. It's kind of some of awe. Maybe that's kind of indicative of like the progression of, of our psychology where, now the thing that's really cool is the thing that's some of awe, but the thing that's bad is the thing that's awful. We don't want a lot of awe. Please, no, not a lot of awe. I can't handle it. Just give me some of awe. <laughs> I've said awe so many times that now it's starting to sound weird to me. You ever have that where you like say a word over and over again, and then it's like after you say it 20 times in a row, it starts sounding meaningless. It starts like losing its, its like say peanut 20 times in a row. Peanut, 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 peanut. I've lost track. It becomes like meaningless mouth sounds after a little bit. Anyways, this is how I entertain myself. Um, Back on track. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder. I mean, clearly, this would be a... Tubit says, for example, the internet created great awe for Gen X. Mm, okay, yeah, oh yeah, I see what you're saying here. So the internet was like the thing that... Um, it was like an innovation. There's something here with innovation that when you innovate, you create new untapped potential. So by innovating and creating that new untapped potential, then you give you create a, a, a purpose for people to, to pursue. It's like you, you created a new realm that you get to, you get to unpack and, uh, and explore. Just a sec. My, uh, my little ones here. Hi dude. Oh, you want to say hi to everyone? I know I said everyone and you only see hi, one buddy. person. <laughs> I love you, dude. Have a good sleep. Okay. Oh, you bonk your head. I'm sorry, big guy. <laughs> it's past bedtime. 
Uh, Slowboy Whiteboard said, he's a doll. Yes, he is. He and he knows it. <laughs> yeah, the mullet. He's actually going to get his hair cut here soon, but we're not going to take the mullet off. I won't allow good, it. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, so, so by innovating, this is interesting. This has made me think of the thing Peter Thiel, that gay guy, the thing that Peter Thiel said which is that basically since like since like 1973 homosexual <laughs> there's we've stopped innovating in the world of atoms there's been a lot of innovating in the world of bits but no innovation in the world of atoms and i don't think that it's a coincidence that that has corresponded i'm not saying that it's it's uh, causatory i think these are two these are two manifestations of the same phenomenon that people's sense of awe and wonder and meaning and purpose has devolved completely over that same time span. Yeah, man. I like, I'm just kind of mildly unimpressed with everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, every new uh, innovation, like, if they, like AI. Well, yeah, this is a cool little toy, I guess. Uh huh. Play it's, around it's with like, like Dolly for a little bit and then get bored. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you've kind of fiddle with it. Imagine if you introduced Dolly to like someone living in the 70s. It would have they they might have worshipped it. It would have absolutely <laughs> blown their mind. I mean, they were that was the the point where they had like a like a computer took up an entire room. And if that computer that took up an entire room could print even like some it would have had to just be like like print off a pattern, a random pattern. And they would have been like, Whoa, if it has like some kind of repeating pattern or something. Now it's just like, Oh yeah. You know, I can like a fractal. Can, yeah. Yeah. Fractals. They're like they're this cool math thing. Um, you can, you get like, I, I open up my phone and I scroll down the timeline and I see a, like a, a picture perfect Pixar cover of, of a bunch of immigrants chasing a chick with a gigantic nose and a star of David and big tits. And like, but it's like in the design of Pixar art perfectly, like something Pixar produced. And someone just spun this up. I know how someone made it. They just like spun it up and created it, which is spectacular. It, it should be mind blowing. So, but it's like, we live in a world where somehow the most incredible things are mundane to us yet there's nothing that's incredible to us and i think you know, there's 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 a spiritual direction you can take this message but i think that even that it's even you, you don't even you don't even have to get that deep to get profound because because of just how sterile and and everything our life is the the purpose of a man <laughs> is to be creative the purpose of a man is to produce and if you don't give him something meaningful to produce he will produce inanity because he can't help but produce <laughs> <laughs> that's what i've been laughing about <laughs> the milk truck pajits 
<laughs> Milk truck Bajits. <laughs> uh, I wonder is has Pajit reached the level of like bannable slur yet? Or does nobody care? They're just like, hang on, whatever, they're Indians. <laughs> Are they a protective class? Milk truck just arrive. Uh, yeah, so it's it's in it's in man's nature to both be relational and creative, and these two things they they go together hand in hand. A man loves a woman very very much, and he creates a baby, which is. Like a little, like guy. a little guy. <laughs> Shows up in a basket. <laughs> Brought by what? What kind of animal a brings it? Flying in? squirrel. The flying squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out Gerby Johnson. <clears throat> Earlier Cooper said something to me about uh we keep we keep derailing from trying to get back to the main point. Uh, Cooper said something to me earlier about like, imagine Gerby Johnson sitting in the Oval Office. <laughs> and I was like, it's going to happen eventually. That's what, I don't, I don't know how you can possibly be pessimistic about the future, given that it's an eventuality that someone like Gerby Johnson is going to be in the Oval Office. <laughs> someone, a representative of the fucking Zoomer generation is going to be president of the United States. It, it's, it has to happen unless the United States doesn't exist anymore, which I don't think is going to happen in like, I don't know, 20 years. So you're going to have a Zoomer president. <laughs> you're going to have... <laughs> you're going to have a president who's out there risen him up. <laughs> for real, for real. On God. <laughs> no cap. Ah. <laughs> uh. So we've talked about how this affects men, but honestly, the women are worse off because if you're a, if you're a man, imagine you're a you're a, a 25 year old man, um, a guy who identifies as a as an incel, um, you know, you just you know, you haven't even gotten a crumb in as long as you can remember. And you don't have any prospects. You're working a dead end job. You, you know, maybe you make decent money, but what are you going to do? Go out and like go to the bar and drink and like, you know, have like, you know, it just, the, the whole thing is just not, you just got to be patient. Yeah. Speaking to those guys, you got to be patient. Yeah. Cause right now, okay. This is how the stats are laid out. Okay. The majority of young guys are single. Half that amount is true for the ladies, which means the ladies are dating older men, which just means you got to be patient. Use this time to start a business or whatever, and then like 10, 15 years from now, then you can get one of those ladies because you'll be the older guy. So right, don't worry. There is hope. There is hope. For the women, it's funny. So you've got these two like categories of people. You've got the 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 hopeless feeling young men who are kind of just, uh, you know, they're just standing there with their dicks in their hands, like, oh, what do I do? There's no women. I don't know where to go. 
I'm lonely. <laughs> like Cooper was telling me that Gerby talked about going to, he, he like, he went to different churches. He like went to an Orthodox church and like, it's just a sausage fest. He just is there. It's like a bunch of guys just all kind of standing there looking at each other, waiting for a girl to walk through the door. And I've seen this. I've witnessed this. Yep. That girl yep. walks through the door and they descend on her like piranhas. The, the poor chick freaks out and runs. Yeah. <laughs> Which becomes kind of a self-fulfilling. Yeah, like five autistic guys <laughs> like asking you a bunch of questions. Asking you if you've ever been to Japan. <laughs> Japan be bussing for real. Yeah. No cap. So you've got these this group. And then you've got the the women who, you know, grew up, I don't know, an absent dad or or um or creepy dad or whatever. And you've got all these women who are, there's like a massive, massive dearth of quality men available to these women. Women are like, where are all the men? Where are all the men at? And the men are like, where are all the women? They're like, just like talking past each other. The thing is, for the women, well, let's me say this, for the men, you could wait, if you're 25 now, you could take the next 25 years of your life. I'm not saying to do this. I'm saying theoretically you could do this. Take the next 25 years of your life. Just put your head down, take a, 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 a vow of celibacy and pour all of that no fap energy into building companies, make yourself wealthy, buy <laughs> assets, your, like all the no fap energy, <laughs> like channel that into acquiring like arcane psychic abilities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can make yourself into an absolute unit over the next 25 years. And then you could enter the dating pool and you would be a high value asset. You would have women of all ages lining up for you. On the flip side, women do not have that luxury. A woman who's 25, who's looking at no prospects currently and no prospects on the horizon, she's been told her entire life that she needs to get a job, get a, get a degree, get a job, be an independent woman, work for herself, support herself, yada, yada, yada. She's, she can't wait until she's 50 and then go enter the dating market and have the life and family and every and children, and everything that she wants, obviously. I mean, I guess what Gordon Ramsay's wife just had their fifth or sixth kid. She's 49. Clearly out number one, that's like her fifth or sixth kid. And that's clearly an exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. A young woman who's 25 with no prospects is in a much worse spot than a young man in who's 25 with no prospects. So if you're one of those guys, first of all, quit feeling sorry for yourself. You could have it worse. Next, be patient. if you are one of those guys, be patient and do something productive with yourself. Your responsibility as a man is to produce whether that is production in the sense of reproduction or production in the sense of generating value, that's your first and foremost responsibility. You need to begin producing that value and make yourself a valuable commodity. You're not valuable just because you're a man. Just because you have a dick and balls does not make you special. You're not entitled to anything just because of that. You have to... You have to use what's in those dick and balls to motivate yourself to be productive, to produce things of value, start a business, 
if you, if you don't want to start a business, or you don't know how go apprentice yourself to someone, learn a skill. If you already have a degree and you're working some like coding job or, or you're, uh, I don't know, uh, some kind of software developer or, or accountant or whatever, then you need to teach yourself how to start a business. Go listen to Alex Ramosi. Yeah. Like, dude, we're over here trying to start a business with families and children and day jobs. And I wish I would have done this when I was working at McDonald's and sleeping in my car, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I had nothing but me to worry about. You have it really good right now. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to do when you have a million other responsibilities. Right. And if you're someone, if you're not a single guy like that, if you actually have a family, then by God, man, you, you, you've got it even easier. Your purpose is very, very clear. It may be that you need to start a business too. Depends on what you're, where you're at, what you're doing. You may need to, we're, we're moving into an era of where, with a revival of entrepreneurship, we're, we're a revival of the family business which is really the family business was a form of entrepreneurship. You had the family member who started the business and then taught his kids and his kids taught their kids and their kids taught their kids and so on. Eventually, my grandfather was a cobbler and his grandfather was a cobbler and my father was a cobbler and I'll be a cobbler and damn it, my kids will be cobblers. Mm-hmm. That's how That's it used right. to work. Then we ended the era of, you know, things split off. You get industrial revolution, you get the trades, you apprentice, you're apprenticed with these trades. Eventually, you start with the Industrial Revolution. You start getting um, uh, corporations. You get companies. You get a nine to five job. You get a retirement package. All that. That's all out the window. You can't keep. You can't keep sitting around, bemoaning the loss of a world that should have never existed in the first place. All the, these things were all. It was. It was a transitory stage, of human experience. It's behind us. That sort of world just isn't going to exist anymore. And if you're sitting around waiting for it to come back up again, if you're like, oh, we just need to get, you know, inflation to stabilize or something, and then everything end recovered. The Fed. No. We just got to end the Fed. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. None of, no, you, you, you don't need to wait for the system to fix itself for you to be successful. You being successful is part of what will make the system fix itself. The system fixing itself looks like those within the system choosing to fix the system by being productive and innovative and creative. I think part of the reason why we're so lacking in, in uh, things that generate awe is because there's so little actual innovation going on, at least in the eyes of most people. There's actually a lot of innovation happening. You just have to look for it. You just have to be aware of it. A big problem is that these parasocial, um, political, ideological um, communities have captured the attention of so many young men and young women. But the young women follow the young men because men because women follow the men. That's just a fact of life. So if the young men are getting led led astray by these these uh, grifting political units, they're naturally going to draw the women along with them. That's why your responsibility as a man is not to be led astray because you being led astray 
has consequences for those who follow you and you're responsible for those. But there's, there's all kinds of communities you can still access on the internet that aren't completely given over to this hopeless, nihilistic, political, masturbatory uh, charade. There are people who are learning valuable skills, teaching each other these valuable skills, and developing wealth and uh, stability for themselves and their families. And they're making long-term plans. If you're someone who's kind of, if you're one of these guys that's kind of in this in-between stage, you don't really know what you're doing, and maybe you you followed the political thing for a while. Maybe you were, I don't know, if maybe you were a dim sock or you were a, 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 um, a libertarian or whatever you were, but you've kind of become jaded and disenfranchised from those sorts of things. Like this was us. We came through this libertarian thing and then you had the, uh, the LPMC and we were like, this whole thing is transparent. Just, it's just retarded. Why are you guys wasting <laughs> your time on this? And it turns out who was right? Who was right? Just how gay and retarded was the LPMC? It yep. turns out it was extremely gay and retarded. I'll take the apology. You know, you could say, yeah, you were right. Sorry, Matt, you were right. It was gay and retarded. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, have wasted my time and money on that. That's right. You shouldn't have. But what's done is done. Now, instead of wasting your time and money on some other gay little political uh, thing that's been spun up to capture your attention, to suck you in and get you in this mimetic rivalry with someone arguing and yelling with them, no, don't fall for the same trick with just like, it's like the same bag of bones. They just put them in a different order and they're trying to get you to follow it again. Don't follow it. Mm -hmm. Go do something productive with yourself. Get out of the graveyard. Yes. You know, the there was, you used this analogy earlier, Coop, you used Gehenna. You talked about Gehenna, which is like the, it was like the, essentially like the graveyard outside the city. All the, where all the bodies all the bodies were in Gehenna. And it's so that's kind of, it's used metaphorically as, uh, as a, a reference to, to, uh, to hell, to what we call hell. Um, and it, it was like, so, so you have this Gehenna that's full of the, the bodies of the bones of all of these dead ideologies. Liberalism came through with its atomized individual bullshit that or just absolutely corrosively destroys all the ties that bind a society together. It got everybody chasing after these fake paused ideologies. Or worshiping themselves or the self. Yes. Worshiping the demon called the individual. This, this uh, notion of the atomized person who is owed rights by the world who has no duties is just exists here to complain about people violating rights, but has no positive obligation. To anybody this it's like battery acid. It has just absolutely corroded all of the institutions in the society. Some of the worst offenders of this, it's like it reached its apotheosis in the idealistic, naive boomers, the credulous boomers who just believe whatever is on the TV. And in a similar way that the, the Zoomers were kind of a victim of the society they were brought into, the Boomers were a victim of the society as well. A lot of them went on to just destroy it further. And there's, 
kind of it seems like we've talked about before about this like it seems like a dialectic relationship between the zoomers and the and the boomers yeah and it, now is the time when the zoomer generation the the, the zoomer spirit which if you want to the zoomer spirit isn't strictly isn't restricted entirely to the zoomer generation you've got proto zoomers like sam hyde we've talked about as a great example of a proto zoomer where you, you see in, in the earlier generations you had the people who were starting to play with this this nihilistic sort of meta spirit those are the 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 structure of the future is going to depend on the way those people choose to act today starting today if you're a zoomer a millennial late gen x somewhere who's kind of in this milieu we're going we're entering into and progressing through a time of great transition and change where a lot of the structures that have been built over built up over a couple hundred years are falling apart there's going to be a shift in power blocks the institutions are some are dissolving new ones are are being raised up there's i'm convinced as kind of an aside that there's sort of an invisible vanguard behind the scenes right now behind all of these boomers who are overstaying their welcome as soon as all of these boomers die which if you think about it if boomer starts 1948 to 65 something like that that means the youngest boomers right now are around 60 so if you think of like average lifespans you think of average lifespans probably shortening especially the events over the last three years within the next 10 years virtually all of the, the boomers are going to die off which means then there's a new cohort of people who can step into these governing positions but there's there's kind of a backlog there right now we don't know exactly what the the i guess like the collective psychology of this new corpus of elites looks like we don't know exactly what they value but we can kind of make educated guesses and if you're paying attention and you're proactive if you keep listening to us we'll keep telling you about this stuff you can start to to see the tea leaves you can see where this is going to go you can see the the influences that are starting to rise up and you can you can hitch your ride to those bandwagons in like an economic sense you can begin to produce assets of your own give yourself a purpose if you're a single guy right now who who it's what's what's that that um that feeling when no when no gf if you if you are no gf right now or if you're a guy who has a young family but you're kind of dead ended you don't really have you're not sure where you're going or what you're going to do the next 10 or 15 years are just going to be i can't overstate how important they're going to be the choices that you start making today are going to determine whether this next period of transition is a time where you thrive and you accumulate assets, both social assets, physical assets, intellectual assets, the things that are going to be necessary for your grandchildren to thrive, or are you going to spend the next five to 10 to 15 years just sitting around playing with the bones of dead ideologies and not going anywhere? There's a city. You don't need to sit in Gehenna. There's a city right here. Get out of the graveyard and get your ass up into the city and start building it. You can ex make expansions on the city. 
Start make start putting your imprint on it. Produce things of value for people. Start living for other people self-sacrificially. If you do that, then you'll begin to get that meaning in everything that you want, and the GF will follow at the right time. The PayPal Mafia. That's exactly who we were thinking. Uh-huh. PayPal Mafia. Oh, I like that. That's good. Hmm. Random username says LPMC victory lap is now investing time in Dave's candidate, a former intelligence agency spook, a Jewish communist until a few years ago. They just can't help themselves. <laughs> it's just like, if we aren't being a parody of our, if, if things aren't working, it's because we're not being enough of a parody of ourselves. Well, you see the former intelligence agency spook who's now, or who was a Jewish communist is he's like, uh, He's like the repentant sinner. He's like the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He converted so he can teach everyone else how to convert, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just... It's madness. I can't... I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I invested time or energy into that worldview. <laughs> it's so gay. <laughs> it's so gay. That's the biggest thing. It's like, regardless of whether or not like you can feel purpose with it or feel like have a path forward or whatever, it just requires you to be so, so gay all the time. You have to say some of the dumbest, gayest things. If you're a libertarian, you have to say things like, like end the Fed. You say this and people are like, yeah, it just violates like, the nap. <laughs> yeah. Who was that goofball that we used to end? We used to argue with on Twitter. Is he still Ace? doing that? Oh, Ace, yeah. Is he still I'm arguing sure. with people about the nap? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if it ever changes. It was... <laughs> nothing has ever made me feel more like, like banging my head against pavement than trying to debate something with him. I, don't, I've, I lost so many, so many hours of my life over that. But... What's done is done. I can't get him back. So I guess I got to make the most of what's ahead of me. Slowboy Whiteboard said, Father Josiah Trenum said, if you want a wife, make a things I want in a wife list and then become all the good attributes on that list yourself and God will bring you your wife. Bingo. That's good advice. That's fantastic advice. List all of the things that you want in a wife. If you don't have a wife, if you're the, uh, the, the TFW, no GF guy, Make a list of the things you want in your, in, in your prospective wife and then put yourself to work changing those things. You should also, you should, there's other things you should do on top of that as well. Like you should be a guy who can provide for your family. You should be someone who is, you should be a guy who is in the physical shape that your kids are going to look up to and respect. You should be capable of, you should have the, the means for putting a roof over your kids' heads and putting food on their table consistently so they never have to be without it. They never have to worry about it. You should be capable of creating a peaceful, stress-free atmosphere for your family. If you're not, if you're not in a position to do that, get there. That's your responsibility. If you can't do that right now, then you don't deserve 
a wife or a girlfriend. If you already have one, if you have a girlfriend and you're thinking of making her your wife, you got to get off your ass. You've got to, you've got to be working at this constantly. This is your responsibility as a man. This is where she's got plenty of other options, right? And if you, if you are, are uh, lagging behind, then I don't, as long as there, you haven't put a ring on the finger. If you're lagging behind, then she's fair game, bro. You got to, you got to, you got to step your game up. Yep. Because she deserves it. She deserves you being your best. Or someone better than you. Right. Right. One of my favorite quotes regarding the nap was Tommy Salmon saying, the only violation of the nap is waking someone up. (laughs) That's good. Uh, should be using the fed right now to be buying old bonds at a discount can pay off the national debt for half price off. See, like that's the sort of, that's the sort of perspective you should have instead of the libertarian thing, which is sit here and scream about the economy and how everything's bad and sucks and is going to get worse. And how can you creatively use your ingenuity to learn how to capitalize on this problem? One of my favorite pastimes is watching, listening to Alex Hermosi videos because of the mindset that he has. His mindset is not like, you know, bemoaning how bad everything is. He's like, if things are bad, that's an opportunity. If someone's life sucks, that's an opportunity for you to do something to make their life not suck. And they will gladly pay a lot of money for that. If you can solve someone's problem, you have a right to ask for money in return for doing that. You can make a living solving other people's problems and having them pay you for it, and they will gladly do it. If you solve the problem, if you solve a big enough, persistent, severe enough problem, people will gladly pay you for it. If you're not being paid, say you're like, you're like, oh yeah, I'd love to buy these bonds, but like I can barely get groceries, man. Like, if you're not being paid, if you don't have money, that's because you haven't solved enough problems or the problems that you have solved aren't big enough. So start solving problems, come up with them. If you need ideas, if you want to start brainstorming on this sort of thing, please join the Kingpill dis- uh, Discord. Go to subscribestar.com forward slash Kingpilled, sign up, join the Discord, come in there and just tell us. Say, hey, I feel motivated. I want to do this. I want to start making something of myself. I'm tired of being a, a piece of shit that just, you know, just sits around and kind of feels sorry for myself. If you're low on energy, if you feel like you don't have confidence, you'll believe me, once you get your teeth sunk in a problem, you start trying to solve these problems, it's going to give you energy. You're going to wake up in the morning thinking about it and trying to figure out ways to solve whatever the problem is you're trying to solve. That will solve your energy problem. If you feel sluggish and pointless, you're just kind of going through the motions, working a nine to five or doing whatever you're doing, and you just don't feel like it matters, come join the Discord. We've got a great community guys in there, and we'll help you come up with solutions. We will gladly do that. We have voice chats in there. It used to be all the time. Then it was kind of infrequently. Now it's becoming a lot more frequent. Having regular voice chats, talking about this sort of stuff, all kinds of things. 
Because to get back to the the idea of tribe, like what's what's the difference between a tribe that is that is incarnational, that's alive, that is motivated toward a purpose, that is real? What's the difference between that and the zombie tribe that's like the LPMC? The LPMC is a zombie tribe. It's dead. It has no life, but it's pretending to. And it's trying to bait you in, trying to get your energy to come give it life. It's parasitic. That's the differentiation. You have a tribe that's sucking energy from you into it. And the, those who are putting energy into it aren't getting anything out of it. Most, most commonly, it's going to be a select few of, of the people are the ones who are getting the most out of the tribe versus out of, out of that zombie tribe versus a real tribe is one that you pouring into it refills you. The tribe functions as greater than the sum of its parts. The more you invest in the tribe, the more you get out of the tribe. The more each individual member invests in the tribe, the more they get out of it. This is the proper structure of a family. Starts with the father at the head and then the mother beside him and the children beneath them. And then their children eventually become fathers and mothers. Their children become fathers and mothers. You form a tribe. You start with a family, the fundamental unit. You become a tribe. And that tribe has an identity of their relationships to each other, their obligations to each other. They fulfill those obligations together for the sake of the tribe, and it makes the tribe grow. And all of them benefit from the growth of the tribe. Zoomers are really good at spinning up little pseudo communities. But as we enter the age of the Zoomers, it's time to start being really judicious about the types of communities we're invested in. Don't invest yourself in zombie tribes that are parasites that suck energy out of you, that leave you worse off than you were when you first invested in them. Start finding a tribe tribes or tri or a tribe that you can invest in that will generate a return for you and for everyone else in the tribe and find a tribe that you can invest in to better the lives of the other members in the tribe and you get better because of it if you don't quit have gooning. one what's that quit gooning and quit gooning yeah yeah, don't 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 blow that energy. You need to keep that energy and channel it into something other than gooning. Yeah, blow that energy into our tribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blow that energy into our tribe, not a Kleenex. You if you need a tribe, if you don't have one, if you're some lonely guy on the internet who doesn't really know anybody, doesn't know where to start, you just want some company. You just want productive, constructive company. Join the King Pill Discord. You get started there. And we can point you in other directions. We can help you advice, business advice, life advice, health and fitness advice. If you need, if you, if you don't like the way you look, if maybe part of the reason why you're lonely is because you don't ever want to see anybody because you're embarrassed. Either you're too much of a twink or you're too much of a fat slob. You just hate the way that you look. We can help you with that as well. We have a proven six-week protocol that's going to make you look better feel better 
and perform better. And you're going to start to get your confidence back. We will help you with that because we want to see you become a better person. And sometimes for some people, that's what you have to start with. Maybe you don't have the energy. You don't have the, the clarity of mind. You're too distracted by being in pain all the time. <clears throat> Something like this. If that's you and you're like, I don't even have the bandwidth. It takes me hours to get myself functional in the morning. I can't wait to just fall into bed at night. I don't have any energy. There's no way I don't have the bandwidth to try to come up with something creative. I don't have the bandwidth to be creative or productive. This, this is an attitude of death. This is despair and defeat. You don't have time to be desperate and defeated. Don't despair. Don't black pill. Just invest yourself in something that's going to make you better. And that could be that you need to get yourself in shape. You need to get your body working for you instead of against you. Once you start doing that, you'll actually, as you begin to increase your metabolism, as you increase your metabolic activity, you increase your own capacity for productivity. And you get an objective metric for self-improvement. Mm -hmm. This is where I was at this point. This is where I am now. Number went up. Mm-hmm. And that's a good kind of number went up. Mm-hmm. So then you get your, your trajectory. You can begin, instead of looking at yourself as like your, how would you say this? Like your, your position on the line, you look at yourself as what is your, your, what is your trajectory? Is my trajectory up? Am I improving steadily every day? Because if you are, it doesn't matter if you're at the bottom of the curve. If you're way down here, you're just getting started, but you've got this sharp upward trajectory, you're better off than the guy who's ahead of you, but who's on his way down. Start thinking about yourself in terms of your trajectory each day. Did I do a little bit more today than yesterday? Am I a little bit better off today than I was yesterday? And can be as little as 20, 30 minutes a week mm -hmm. of working out. Mm -hmm. Doesn't take, it's, it's a lot simpler than you think. Mm hmm. Anyways, is there anything that we, is there anything we didn't touch on today? Mm. Trying to run through all the. Well, I have some other points. ideas, but I'll save them for another episode. I'm about, I'm about spent. Yeah, yeah, coming up on two hours. Slow down. Yep. All right. Uh, two bit says. Libertine totalitarianism is where we're at at the moment, but it's too retarded to survive. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's the white, that's the bitter white pill. And that's bitter white pill is one of the best, uh, thought nuggets that, um, I've encountered recently. Shout out to, to two bit Jason at the two bit podcast for that one, a bitter white pill. You got to take the bitter white pill. There was a bitter white pill. We were talking about just before we got off the phone earlier, Cooper, do you remember what it was? Mm. It was something in the context of um, guys being patient and yeah. being patient that, you know, the GF will come. It might just be 10 or 15 years out. That's right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That's yeah. one of them. Mm -hmm. I, I think there was something else. And it'll be, and if, and if it is 10 or 15 years out, then think about it this way. You'll have the girlfriend when you are 
objectively better than you are now. So you'll get the time you get to spend with the girlfriend will be better, objectively better than it would be now. You're not just going to commiserate and embarrass and humiliate yourself in front of her. You don't have to be a, a, a de depressed slug in front of your dream woman. You get, you actually get the opportunity to make something of yourself before you introduce yourself to her. It's kind of like if you were in, in prior eras, if you were like, you know, 10, well, you wouldn't want to meet your future wife when you were 10. Like imagine, imagine your, your future, imagine your future wife somehow going back in time and seeing you at 10. You'd be like, oh my God, it's just oh so embarrassing. Well, that's where you are now. Your, your development is stunted. This is a reality of the era that you live in. You didn't get to develop and mature in a healthy way, the way previous generations may have. You just got to just got to lean into it. There's nothing you can do about it now. You've got to start progressing that development trajectory now. You may be an adult, but you need to become a parent. It is apparent that you need to be a parent. So you need to put yourself in the position where you're capable of being a good parent. And if you're already a parent and you're not a good enough parent, then you need to make yourself a better parent. That's your purpose. Again, we're defined by our relationships. Our identity is found in our relationships and the quality of that relationship, both for us on the receiving end and for us on the giving end. All right. Well, this was another impromptu stream. We've got almost two hours, so I think we did pretty good. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for, for tuning in and listening to us jabber. Uh, you can follow us. I'm on Twitter at real King pilled Instagram at real King pilled. And I think just King pilled on TikTok. Uh, we're posting clips there and, and uh, I'm going to start posting some of my own independent content. Uh, you can also follow Cooper on Twitter at Cooper Brooks. And then if you want to talk to us personally, hang out, chill, have a good time, post in the meme thread. Uh, and just, uh, they say that you're you're the you are the sum of or you are the average of the the uh, top five people you spend the most time around. So, in the Kingpill Discord, we've got some awesome people. So you should come improve your average by spending time with us there. If you want to do that, it's subscribestar.com/slash/kingpilled. And I yeah, improve your average and lower ours. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> um. What time is it? 20 to nine. I'll be in there uh, here in a little bit. Maybe not immediately when we get off, but shortly after that, I will be uh, hopping in the Discord and jumping on the voice chat for anybody who wants to chat. So if you want to talk personally to us, Cooper, you want to join the voice chat or are you going to go to bed? No, I'll hang out for a little bit. Go smoke right. bag. Sounds good. So if you want to join us and talk to us directly, then you can go uh, sign up right now. Subscribe slash kingpilled. That'll get you into the Discord and we will see you there. Have a good one, guys.